Hello and good morning. Uh, it is Saturday, September 4th, 2021, and we are going to be breaking down today Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the newest installment here of the in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, here on Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. I'm Dave Mater, joined with my brother Jeff Mater, or as he likes to be known as, as Jeff Morris Mater. Uh, yes, we are. We're going to be. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Jamil Robinson and maybe even one more potential guest today um, as we continue our podcast series to cover each installment since I guess since 2021, starting with WandaVision, uh, through Falcon Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Loki, and now to this new installment, uh, Shang Chi and the uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. So we're going to be going into full spoilers today. We're here streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, and uh, so if you don't want to know anything about the movie, you should get out of here now. But we're hoping you've seen it uh, either Thursday or Friday at this point, or maybe you're going to catch out this stream later on uh, after the fact, whether you catch on our audio-only uh, podcast, which will drop uh, wherever you get it, Spotify, Apple Music, all of those are available for us. So, um, I, Jeff, you and I and uh, my wife, Jane, we went last night to go see this at IMAX Theater in... Um, in Ancaster, uh, you know, and uh, we talked a little bit after the show, but nobody else was there. So we'll maybe repeat some of the things we said last night um, that uh, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I saw an IMAX film. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. Um, it was great. It was a good movie. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. Um, I like now um, I learned my lesson on Guardians of the Galaxy because that was yeah. another Marvel property uh thing i didn't know a lot about right like you know i i grew up uh reading thing you know iron man spider-man all of the mainstream ones maybe you know and marvel always had uh more a, a much more expanded universe as does dc uh where you know they have the space parts and then they have more of these mystical areas like that would tie in with like you know properties like thor and uh and even with iron man because the you know the mandarin is obviously a, a big character in this movie and and the mandarin is one of the big iron man villains uh but we never actually got to see them <laughs> interact in the mcu at all the, the true mandarin um who is who is in this movie so i i'm excited to to talk about all that uh with 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 you and with jamil once he uh, once he pops in here if you have any comments, questions uh, in the stream, uh, make sure that uh, you drop those in. We got uh, we got Sam here. Hey, Sam, uh, glad you're to join us. There are your questions. Have you seen it yet out in uh, Newfoundland? Uh, we got uh, the Puffy Taco. He's on his way. He's got to get the he's got to get the engine fired up. He's gonna get that bus going. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll maybe um, we'll, we'll we'll jump into the plot maybe once Jamil gets here, but. Just top level, uh, Jeff. What was your like? You, you know, you said you enjoyed the film, but, but what's sort of been resonating with you? I guess not quite. Uh, well, maybe like twelve hours later here. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of things. Is uh, this movie covers a lot of different themes? Um, I've been to China, so I kind of understand some of the concepts and and some of yes. what they wanted to put into this movie. Um. And it really resonated for me, right? I have a, a pregnant fiance right now and a lot of um, what's going on with, uh, you know, that movie. And there's a lot of family oriented community stick together type stuff. Um, mother, uh, uh, children relationships, father, children relationships. 
um they really hit a lot of different themes and every character uh, feels earned every character feels like they get redeemed at some point in some way even even the bad ones um and i like that because it's not one note it's not black and white that because life's gray you know like le- nobody's tr- you know well most people are not even truly evil they're they're motivated by something good usually um right uh, at least good in their heart um and i think that's kind of what we see here with the mandarin i think it's what we see here with shang chi and we we see with her, um, his sister um you know we we get a lot of different things that, and it was just visually beautiful to watch it, 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 i had a lot of the same feelings that i had um walking out of avatar or hero that i did in this movie just gorgeous to watch cinematically um and and really uh i think this movie tops both those movies in theme and uh, cinematography yeah and and i i think i agree with you that the the cinematography was uh very noticeable because uh, i'd say that the marvel cinematic universe has a very distinct style you know it's sometimes criticized as being uh very um you know a little bit i guess one thing because they established kind of what the universe looked like in iron man one right and that kind of sort of the template that fell through to avengers and to all of the other movies that came afterwards that like they wanted to they, they didn't want there to be like the how how can these characters interact right and so this movie um i felt was maybe one of the biggest div- um divergence from that look maybe since black panther you know, which had a very uh, a, yeah. a little bit of a different look to it too, uh, more more uh, more saturated with the colors. Um, uh, definitely, uh, like just uh, just everything looked like a. We were also watching in IMAX, so it was yeah. like just having that experience again was was amazing. Uh, this this the cinematography was done by Bill Pope, William Pope, who uh, did the Matrix movies, mm-hmm. all the, all the uh, and he's done a number of martial arts movies. And I thought his work in this movie exceeded anything he ever did, even in the Matrix. Well, Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned saturation, Dave, because, yeah, the Matrix, you know, every time they're in the Matrix, it's a green tint. And every time they're outside, it's a purple tint. And I think they were doing a little bit of that. And I forget what the the fairy world is called. Do you remember? It's like Tao something. Right. Um, But, yeah, I think there was there was definitely a tint in that world compared to the real world. It was darker in the real world. Right. Just Uh, got a little bit some of the footage here, you know, like, from the from the film uh it's really all over the place um but beautifully shot like and then of course with the action which felt very different than most marvel action you know yeah. it's martial arts um and it, it just it was moving at a different speed different frame rate um it definitely it was it was a nice refresh but i did love all of the interconnections that they had put in here with like you know the ten rings, keeping that consistency with that logo right from Iron Man one, um, and also having of course uh, Trevor Slattery as played by Ben Kingsley in this movie, uh, kind of tying the, some things together. And Wong, who also shows up here, and can you see here that they're, they're showing some clips here also from um, the other science or I guess the martial arts property they tried, which was Iron Fist, which was considered a bit of a failure, uh, you know, in comparison. Like I'd say that this was like what I think we've been waiting for for a long time uh, in, in the MCU. I'm just going to take this down for a sec. But yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, I, I think uh, anytime they do a new movie or a new character, they, they make a conscious effort to, 
yes, it's still part of the same universe, but they're going to make a kung fu action movie, and and but also it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiritual and kind of mystical uh, in this movie, which you know Doctor Strange kind of deals with, and, and, and like so there's connections, but it stands apart. It's its own thing, and. I, like, I gotta be honest, I walked into this movie thinking it was gonna just be a very pandering movie to the Chinese market. And and it is a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, it's totally forgivable because of um, how wonderful the movie is shot, the pacing. I never felt bored. Uh, I it's had funny. Hot, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, it, it's, it's very emotionally um, involved like you really start to understand all these characters and where they're coming from and very quickly very well written very the motivations of everyone makes sense you know so that's everyone I, everyone's tr- you're tracking along with everybody yeah i was never like um there was like the movie starts with a lot of uh subtitles uh, a lot of like a lot in because it's narrated by uh the mother um oh here we got bring him in in jameel robinson good morning so welcome early. So early to be on here. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I was listening uh, on. Yes. And we're here here talking Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm I'm trying to get my pronunciation down. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um, And uh, breaking this all down tonight or today, this morning. I'm used to talking at night with you guys about this kind of stuff. Uh, Jamil. So... um, we we haven't heard from you yet. Um, you know, I can see your uh, your your bright eyed. <laughs> yes, bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> bright eyed and bushy tailed. Um, so Jeff and I uh, really enjoyed this movie. I, I think you were hearing some of us on the on your the Twitch stream already. Um, so where where I don't know how you feel. Were you, did you like it? Um, I did enjoy the, watching the film. Um, you know what? So much so that I'll probably watch it a second time. Um, how it would do so? It's a very good question. Uh, I might um, go to the drive-in with my folks uh, to watch it <laughs> because um, uh, my introduction to the uh, martial arts genre is via my dad. Um, a lot of the Shaw Brothers films, uh, uh, Jackie Chan, uh, Jet Li, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in China is is an example. So uh, it's it the this genre has a a family connection to me. So, uh, yeah, I definitely want to experience it with my family. Uh, I, I, I share a lot of the set, same sentiments um, that others do, uh, you guys do, considering the film. Uh, I think that the, you worry when you have an introduction to a new hero, there's always the, the feeling that, you know, this could be bad because a lot of times it's going to be a departure from previous uh, films. Uh, they they want you to introduce something new. They want you to introduce this new character, and rather than it being a rehash of what we previously seen, um, you see a lot more um, ambition, right, in the type of character. Yes. Uh, well, it, and sometimes I, I, you have I, sorry. Sometimes you have uh, better results, like we've seen with Black Panther, and sometimes we don't have great results uh, with uh, Captain Marvel, for example. And I actually do like that film, but. It isn't the departure that other introductory films have been, right? It seems very simplistic in its presentation. There's not really, it it doesn't really try anything ambitious in 
terms of its its first film. This one, you see the exact opposite. It's very ambitious in, in terms of its presentation, um, even to its score. It has a distinct score, just like Black Panther, mm-hmm. that um, just imagine these characters interacting with others and you can you might start hearing the you know the specific lines of the score and you're like oh that's shang chi coming just like if you hear the drums right the talking drum you know that uh, uh someone from wakanda might be involved with a situation and that's just creating distinct worlds sorry dave i've been I'm no, trying no, to no, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm listening, to, uh, and I, I, I'm tracking along with all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, like, um, the po- the point that thought I was having as you were speaking was about like the MCU has had this kind of challenge that every time they introduce a new hero, they have to do their origin story, you know. And I think you know you brought up Captain Marvel, but I, I was thinking more about like even Ant Man or even Doctor Strange, which were fine and they were good, but it's like we kind of got to go paint by numbers here because we got to introduce the character, we got to in- establish their origin, what their thing was their arc they're gonna have to fight a villain that's probably have the exact same powers as they do uh and then they're gonna defeat them and they're gonna become the master of those powers or whatever and uh and and i guess that kind of happens here too a little bit but it feels it feels um uh, i guess the non-linear storytelling i think is also uh, a way they get around that because um is just kind of breaking it out and the fact that we have uh this character as played by um aquafina um in katie who is kind of like our at least felt like my um, my proxy in the movie, sort of like um, the, the the average person who's just kind of along for the ride, right? Along for the adventure. Did, and, did, sorry, just to interrupt you there for a second. Did Aquafina like study Polly Shore's career and just like, <laughs> hey, let's just do the exact same thing but smarter and make more money because she plays a good sidekick, right? And it, it, <laughs> she she doesn't like overwhelm the the movie in terms of like i'm the breakout star or anything like that she she fits very well she she understands the tone of whatever film she's in same thing with crazy rich asians um like she plays that sidekick like so well so well yeah like and i i i don't okay i haven't seen crazy rich asians so i haven't i'm not even really i've heard of her i'm I, i i thought she was a singer but apparently, no. A comedian. She's a rapper. Uh, no, she's a rapper. A rapper. Oh, she's a yeah. rapper. Okay, so she is a musician of sorts. Okay. Uh, well, not of sorts. A musician. Um, uh, a rapper. And uh, and so I wasn't... I didn't... I, I know she's... I think she's from New York, right? Or uh, some, somewhere in that area. But uh, she was, uh, I to me, like the breakout star of this because I wasn't as familiar with her. Um, yeah, although, okay, like Simu Liu as Shang-Chi... He, I guess he's the breakout star as well because this is like he's never really been in much as far as I understand before this. This is like definitely a, a big leap for him to be in How the starring role. How dare you, Dave? He was in Kim's Convenience. He was in Kim's... Well, was he the star <laughs> of it? No. No. Well, I, I would say he was a principal <laughs> character um, yeah. in terms of the um, ratio of important storylines. She was... Uh, he was right behind um, Appa and Uma. Did he play a of... Korean on that show? Yes. Which is kind of why they make that joke about Gangnam Style. It's like, I'm not Korean, dude. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. 
Well, okay, them as a pair in this movie is kind of the magic of the movie for me. Like, although there's all of this other rich uh, family drama that kind of also reminded me a little bit of um, of Black Widow, which was the other one we had just talked about uh, two podcasts ago. With um, with that having sort of the, like that, the, the, the two, you know, Black Widow and her sister, and of course her kind of like her surrogate parents, I suppose of sorts, uh, in that one. And then you know, but in, in this case, it's, it's biological parents. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have any expectations coming into this. Also, and finding out too that uh, that he was, right. Yeah, he's the son of the Mandarin. This is the other star of the movie, Morris. Morris, but no, that has a face, Jeff. That Morris has a face. <laughs> right. um, it's not a chicken turkey with legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta find a. Do I have a photo? It's of Katie. Her? Yeah, I only oh, have. Cool. I only have this photo, but uh, <laughs> where he's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like uh, well, this thing was cute, uh, and like okay, and the whole world of Talo, I think, is also like something that's really sticking with me uh, a day later, um, or not even quite a day later, is how beautiful that world looked, and like uh, much like Asgard, you know, and those other yeah. realms that are like, like just kind of it, it just I, I wish I could go there. It sparks the imagination. Um, it seems like. When they were, she was telling all the legend and Michelle Yeoh in this movie, uh, like the cast, everyone is fantastic. I don't know where sometimes to start, but I, I guess I'm just going high level with all of like my thoughts. I think definitely like these. When I, I keep coming back to these two, comedic gold in this movie. Well, they you are know? the they are the um the crux of the story. Like you're right, Dave. Like they they are the capstones. They begin and end the movie. You know. And they do. You can tell they're genuine friends. There's. It's not. It's not shoehorned that they have to be romantic. There's the whole thing. When are you guys gonna get married? From um, Katie's mom. And there's all that stuff that I. I think is again more realistic. It's. Le it feels less like a movie and it feels more real. Real. But we're dealing with fantasy realms and we're dealing with you know murder assassin groups and, and like again like a lot of this stuff is fantastical but marvel does such a great job in making it believable and and, and so that's that's where it sucks you in and gets you to go along for this ride absolutely yeah like i, I just feel like the, the fact that they worked like these um i guess as the valet jobs right they it feels like you know and the, the plot of this movie is like what are you doing with your life because like they meet like their parents or her parents i guess and her family are like you know you can't work as a valet forever you have to become a doctor or whatever they're kind of pushing for and um and then also uh their friend her friend right like their other friend from high school i guess you know that they meet up with at the bar at, like sort of the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie and that's kind of the arc right like you guys are so talented. You're so amazing. You're meant to do great things. And they're like, we just want to do, we want to live for us. We want to do what we, what feels good. We want to go up partying, singing karaoke all night and going on joy rides. And, you know, I, I, they're kind of unapologetically them, you know, but they, but there's also kind of this push where they're like, no, but we are going to, we are meant to do great things as well, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you can, you can kind of have it both ways. Well, I think it's a, a struggle too. Like, I think a little bit of, is true. Like, they're hiding. Like, literally at the beginning of the movie, Shang Chi is hiding from his father, and so he's in a life that is, you know, 
he he's we find out later it's because he killed somebody that he believes um was responsible for his mother's death and he went into like this hiding and he chose the name sean when his last when his real name is shang chi which is you know katie has the great um joke with him on the plane and again like every scene works you know uh jabil like what did you think about like like how how they set up these characters and and and, and kind of dive us into the, the the world first of the ten rings and then uh and then the world of Talo. One one thing that I was um I was very happy about was that there wasn't any any huge exposition um drops where it just seemed like I'm just gonna sit here and just gonna throw everything at you. There's a logical um, progression in terms of information being provided, right? Shang is not gonna necessarily give the entire story to Katie um, at the beginning because he's still like he's not ready to confront a lot of aspects. So you have that that plane conversation, and in the plane conversation, he doesn't. Uh, he kind of vaguely states that he does not kill the individual that he is he's told to assassinate right and then later uh when their relationship uh comes to another level and he also in terms of uh understanding himself in 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 this world is able to omit this information and come to terms um with uh, how things are katie at the same time she is um, not saying she's in a rut per se, but she has um, put her life into a specific um, little ball, right? And and she enjoys that. But as her world expands, you see her experiencing new things and, you know, uh, having an opportunity to grow at the same time. The one remaining thing that, um, that stays consistent is her relationship with Shang, right? Which it's um, her grounding... Uh, she's the grounding feature for Shang. Shang is able to ground himself in in uh, a reality due to Katie being there. Well, right? she kind of saved him, but she doesn't really understand that, right? Because when he came to America, I guess, and went into hiding, and it seems like they became friends not long after that, which is like 10 years ago, right? I guess from the events of the film, the present day events of the film. Yeah. Uh, I get the impression they both were not snapped and they were just around all that time. Um uh, you know, but like I sometimes I just want to kind of the, that context about like who just got back and who didn't like at that at that dinner at that or that that breakfast they were at with like the the grandma did was she around them for the last five years or not? But I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but okay, let's talk about like the the, the whole opening of the film because and, we and talked we about also the, have to talk about the timeline too because I'm yeah we got to talk about the timeline but let's let's talk about okay thousands of years ago speaking of time we start off and we get this whole background on the mandarin uh as wen wu um uh as played by tony leung who i thought was fantastic in this film uh i was watching this whole movie and going like who is this guy i know this guy he was from, i knew him from hero um but you know he had some facial hair in that movie so I, I didn't quite. He's he a, he a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. But I'm not. A, I'm not as much of a martial arts um, movie. Well, fan not in martial like, arts like uh, like Hong Kong cinema and, and uh, Chinese cinema. He's a legend. Right, and th this was all in Mandarin, right? They were always speaking Mandarin Chinese. 
as far as everyone I understands. Believe, yeah, it's not Cantonese. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Because I believe he's Cantonese. He's Hong Kong, right? Uh, so he's like a few of them, like uh, like also Michelle Yellow, I believe, are not speaking in their native language. As There's well. also like with man with the Mandarin language, though, Dave. Like when I went to China, I learned that like the dialect that they speak in Beijing is different mm-hmm. than the dialect they speak in Shanghai. There's there's like a rudimentary like thing that everybody gets taught, but there's like a slang that they speak in Shanghai, for instance, they call Changalese or, you know, and, and the words are different. And so sometimes a lot of times, like someone from Beijing will not understand someone from Shanghai, um, but they can speak the kind of like the generic language and then they can understand each other. So it's very interesting. Like, I don't know a ton about the Chinese language, but I do know a few things. I know how their symbols work and I, I understand kind of like, how different and how diverse their language is. And so I do wonder, like, are they all speaking the, the one language where everyone kind of understands? I would imagine so, because it's a movie. Um, but yeah. It's I'm curious to- about that too. But And the whole movie starts off with uh, the, the narration from Ying Li, who we see here on screen, uh, across from Tony Leung, who is the mother of, of, of Shang-Chi and Zhai uh, Ling, along with, you know, she she she's the guardian of Talo, and there's whole this whole thing where we get like who is the Mandarin? He somehow got these rings thousands of years ago. He uh, he he took great power. He was like a warlord, uh, and then but somehow he's kind of escaped being like historically documented. He's a, he's more of a legend uh, and kind of controls an underground army of assassins. I guess he's kind of like a little bit like maybe a Raz al Ghul in some ways. Um, because he has has this immortality thing, and so in '96 he's searching for the Talo, this mystical uh, realm, I guess, and to get to expand his power, he runs into Ying Li, and and this whole fight sequence that starts off the movie like very much like Hero to me, like one of those scenes, yeah, uh, with this amazing like forest around them and all the kind of like the slower motion that they do in the fight, how she just defeats him with grace and he's all power and. And, um, you know, it's, it starts this whole thing off of, like, you know, he was evil, but then, he like, love. Kind of, I, I, I was, was he evil? Well, evil maybe a harsh word. Well, kind of. He was not he's, a good guy. He's a conqueror. conqueror. You know, yeah. If conquering well, is not evil, then I don't know. But uh, well, I mean, again, again, like, e- good and evil is a hard thing to describe, prescribe to a character. Like, you know, because, uh, again people are not one note and uh the way they portray the father is very important in this movie because you you can see the way the children look at him in a bunch of different occasions that they that they're scared of him but they still love him there's there's a lot of great facial acting going on with the father that like even when he dies and I know I'm jumping ahead but both the kids kind of are on the dragon and they they look they look at his dead body on the ground and there's sadness, there's sorrow there. You know, they've lost both their parents now. And they're orphans now, yeah. Yeah. And, and so just again, like the the his performance is so fantastic. Also, with the scene you're talking about, Dave, I got more Crashing Tiger Hidden Dragon yes, vibes. Thank you. <laughs> because fair enough, you know, like, like they, I think it's the, there's a lot of influences here. The yeah. the elements play a more important role in uh, Crouch of Tiger. And how they interact with it, the the dance that is the martial arts is more present there than than hero. It, 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 just my opinion. Uh, but my gosh, is this scene beautiful out the gate. You're just like this. This is going to be something different altogether. 
Yeah, and, and she was amazing too. Like I, I want to really give props to Ying Lee, who uh, or whoever the character of Ying Lee is played by. I'm not quite sure who. Um, this is why we have Wiki. I haven't followed Chen. Is her name? Paula Chan, who uh, I don't know if I've ever seen her before. Uh, the Dweller in the Darkness, I guess, is all also uh, uh, used. But I, I really like everybody was so good in this movie. Like just everything from the costuming to the, the color uh, palette to the sound to the score. Uh, I, 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 you know, I really enjoyed also how how this kind of was a cross-cultural movie. You know, it was really jumping between China, America and how. English and Chinese were kind of being intermixed, like between even sentences, like especially at that breakfast scene, uh, which kind of like after we get the whole like flashback and kind of setting up things and we go to present day with Sean, um, you know, as, uh, you know, everything he's up to, uh, you know, we see he's doing pushups, but we don't really know, like we, we get, we, we're, we're kind of learning what's going on here as we're going. Right. So, uh, well, like, and the, we can get to the bus scene off that then, Dave. Like, what yeah, happens? So, and, so we talked about the breakfast, which I thought was really funny. Um, and then, and then they get their bus. They have to get their bus. Uh, and then, they, yeah, they get. So that's when he has to jump into like this big fight, right? Because he sees these guys coming for his pendant. Yeah, and that's when we for introduction of Razor Fist, who might be related to Taser Face. <laughs> who knows? Really. No, I don't know. (laughs) Just they both have ridiculous names, and uh, well, he has a he has a better car though. Yeah, that's right. Razor Razor Fist as uh, um, so he's he's well he's he's pretty prominent in that bus scene. Yeah, he doesn't come in until like maybe a little bit partway through because he's kind of chilling back, letting uh, some of the other guys uh, at first. But yeah, they come up to him. There's some good there's some good jokes too. Just like I don't I know we're skip we're kind of going through quick, but like just like where they see the uh, lady working on her research paper on the bus, and they're, you know, just like stuff like that. And they're just like wow, she got to work on that. And, um, like, Lessons gets, to be learned. Always make sure that you're if you're gonna work from a laptop, make sure that you're working with the cloud so that it automatically saves. Because if that was her only copy, shame on you, dear. Shame on you. Absolutely. Uh, just about Razor Fist, as played by Florian Monto, Minto, uh, a German-Romanian actor, model, uh, former heavyweight boxer. He was um, uh, known for his. He and he also played Victor Drago in the in the new Creed uh, uh, sequel, right? The, yeah. So he, I, I didn't, which I haven't seen either. <laughs> so I, I thought he was also like really uh, quite a presence in this movie. I was trying to figure out what that blade was made out of. Was it like vibranium or like something like that? Like. Um, I, I don't even know. I've never heard of Razor Fist per se from the Marvel, uh, but he he's he's a low end villain for Shang Chi. So okay, uh, yeah. So like just that whole bus sequence. Uh, I kept wondering like I, I like by the time I was starting to wonder what was going on with this bus driver and why he wasn't stopping the bus. That's exactly when like the brake line got cut and uh and like the you know the, everything starts really going badly of course it's san francisco that they're in too so everything's downhill it's like they're on a roller coaster and i've driven in san francisco it is it's interesting going up and down those hills it's right. like just the sight lines even when you're even when you're going up you know because you've been kind of going up this hill and all of a sudden like there's a person there right Do you know what right. i want speaking of san francisco dave is i want shang chi to show up in the new ant-man movie ant-man and the wasp um movie because they're both in San Francisco and the gags they could do between the two characters, I think would be 
really cool and really right. Fun. There's also um, well, there, there's uh, the Lawrence Fishburne's character, uh, uh, Goliath. Goliath. <laughs> you know, because there was there was apparently talk of having some kind of an Ant Man crossover in this. I guess they they eventually cut it out. Uh, probably for time or just pacing or it would just be too much of a distraction. Uh, but yes, they're like having some West Coast, maybe Avenger action here uh, is uh, maybe something interesting uh, to consider because uh, we, you know, even with like, Iron Man was always like in the comic books, like a New York based guy. But then he, they suddenly made him Malibu when they did Iron Man one. Right. So there was always um, uh, sort of like now these these heroes are kind of spread out across the country and how things people will cross over in different places is always kind of mm. interesting to think about which is why they, i think they did the iron man with spider-man so that relationship because in the comics yeah they're both from new york and i think yeah wanted... dr strange is in new york and like having some yeah. like having new york thing having like a new york scene and maybe a west coast scene and even i uh maybe like chicago in the future i don't know like i i find that kind of or even go even international right like when you're in china maybe this is who you're gonna see <laughs> or, or as we get to meet more and more characters across the globe of course there's wakanda and <clears throat> sokovia and all the, this i that's what i really enjoy is like just expanding this world building upon it it's becoming like less and less relatable in some ways because it doesn't really resemble our world this is a world where everybody on earth knows that there's aliens everybody knows that there's like mystical magics now and gods and all these things so like uh, they... i was i was more hoping that I, we would see jimmy woo than anything jimmy oh yeah because jimmy woo could have showed up too in this right like but yeah. he was he was busy with uh, the wandavision stuff up in new jersey so he uh, was, he, depending on where thing, the timelines kind of interact which is eventually right. we'll get to our conversation and speaking of timeline that. where like like i've heard some things uh from different commentators that this is this is definitely a post end game it's post snap like you know them coming back uh, as we, uh, we, you know, in spoilers, of course, because we've been having that crust at the bottom the whole time. But like in the post credit scene, Bruce Banner shows up. And he's no longer Hulkified. Um, so that's right. also, also what's going us. on with. I mean, what's going on with that, guys? Do you have a theory? I mean, Jamil probably knows the truth already. I, I don't know, but uh, OK. <laughs> All right. Um, real world, real world theory. I think that because uh, he's going to be showing up in She-Hulk, there needs mm. to be him uh, being able to transform back and forth um, because uh, Jennifer is going to have that same ability. Um, so I mm. think that's why they kind of had to, to do it. Uh, next is, okay, well, he was able to combine himself with the Hulk, Bruce and the Hulk into one entity. What would cause him to separate or have, a situation where he would be able to go back and forth and of course dealing with the trauma of the snap would make perfect sense yeah uh, that he would have that nearly killed him yeah and i'm i'm trying to think during the funeral for um for tony in endgame wasn't he bruce banner then no no he's no. still hulk throughout to the end still, of that. Oh, okay but he still had his arm in a sling yes. yeah he had his arm in a sling which we see also here so that it's sometime yeah. after the funeral um, you know, some of you are saying this is happening around the same time that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is happening, maybe, perhaps. Um, so it's it's been like a couple of months, maybe, since since everyone's come back. Things have kind of settled down a little bit. There's also, you know, theories, you know, who knows? Like, maybe it's a different, he's from a different multiverse. And, like, there's so many things they can do now with what's going on with the, the Doctor Strange, No Way Home stuff that's going to be happening uh, coming up when that movie comes out so yeah like who knows you know like i'm excited just to find out right 
just back to the movie though. So uh, uh, back to, in terms of like the timing. So once this bus scene happens and it's, I was like, Oh my God, like, like, can you, Katie, you got to like drive that not down the next hill. You know, you got to like take a corner and like get the momentum to slow you down as you go down like a, a flat street. But well, no. she's being directed by Shang-Chi uh, a bunch in this movie where like in, during that scene where he's like, go right when I tell you. And then like, you know, and he's like doing all this great martial arts stuff where he's like constantly doing the Matrix thing where he's missing swords and he's, you know, it's just fantastic. Uh, the way it's shot is really, really good. Yeah, right. Which, which makes like sense that Bill Pope's here because like it's it's high speed chases and martial arts. Uh, you know, you think of like the Matrix Revolutions with that highway scene and uh, all of that action and like all the different, you know, fights as well. So like I thought that that was great. I, and right from the moment like that, that once that scene ends and she's kind of like, who are you? What's happening? Um, he's like, I got to go. I have to save my sister. And she's like, well, I'm coming with you. And she's on this adventure from that moment on. Like she's she never looks back. Yeah, she never she never looked back once. Like she was just she had, I guess. This is this is cool. I'm going to pursue this too. Yeah, she Whatever. never seems like afraid. Uh, yeah, that, I guess if there is a criticism of this movie is it is that moment kind of with her when they get to Talo and like, I mean they Even show her that, when she right from the moment she goes to Macau. Right. Yeah. We'll get to the Macau stuff. But yeah, like yeah, she's never like okay. You know what? Uh, this is too intense for me. <laughs> like it would have made sense. I think if she had had that moment. But doesn't it make sense in a world where? Half the world population disappeared. You're seeing on TV like uh, gods and aliens of fighting mm. and attacking. Um, Spider Man, Spider Man, uh, giant like they're in San Francisco. So it's like, oh, down the street, did you see this twenty foot dude or this right. five story dude just pop out of the shore, the yeah, harbor, the right? Um, even even at the the scenes where um, the final se sequence where Wong shows up. Right, it's like with the sling ring. Like people don't go, "Oh my god!" They're like, "There, there's a level of acceptance that everyone has, right?" And, and it seems that they're a little desensitized to it. Yeah, they have to a be. little bit, a little bit. Like, what was she really astounded at? Like Macau was an example where she's just staring out and just marveling of like everything happening. But even then, she's taking it with stride, and that's I think that's the character and. Like to me, isn't necessarily a criticism. They kind of established that she is so I don't want to say well adjusted, yeah. but she's a thrill seeker. The first time we meet her, she's yeah. driving the car, you know, uh, you know, super fast throughout the streets of San Francisco. But there's the moment where she's hanging onto the bamboo in Macau and she falls, and the um, Shang Chi's sister, what's her name? So Zheling, Zheling. Jailing. I thought it was Jailing. Yeah. 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 And, and just on her. Yeah. So uh, we get to meet her in this, eventually in this Macau nightclub. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the, uh, the, the whole abomination and, and, and Wong. Uh, well, Wong has a bigger role in this movie, but this is where we first, like, it seems like just a, a quick cameo. We're at this, like, Macau fight club. Like, um, abomination and Wong having a battle here. Uh, and we see some other like those fights in like those those smaller booths um, as well. We see like a sumo guy like throwing like a small martial artist uh, a, a, or whatever like uh, through like, against the glass and different fights. Uh, Abomination. Uh, what is Tim Roth back for this? Yeah, like, he did the voice. 
He did yep. it. Yep. And he's gonna so be in um, She Hulk. He's gonna be in She Hulk. So it's okay. So I, 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 we haven't seen him since the Incredible Hulk, right? Which was in two thousand eight. Yep. Which is and thirteen was, years ago. Yeah, and he was referenced. Uh, he was referenced in Avengers. Uh, was it Avengers? Yeah, he was re- referenced in Avengers. Uh, Agent Coulson did mention that he was in the. Um, he was in Alaska, I think. Um. Yeah, like I just, I, I kind of cool. I love the way that Wong beats him by creating the portal, so he punched himself in the face. Yeah, um, that's cool. And, but then it's also like, well, but hey, we're just we're buddies now. So Abomination is not a villain anymore after he tried to destroy Harlem. And once um, again, <laughs> villains and heroes, the kind of gray, gray area, yeah, gray area. I because for- technically Blonsky wasn't necessarily a villain, right? Um, he was tasked with a specific job and he went over, he went overboard and he was fighting the Hulk in harlem right Right. he was Um, on loan from the british marines or whatever uh to the u.s government for some reason yeah if we recall yeah and so and but he was he also uh and there was i don't know it's been so long since i've thought about the incredible hulk but anyway so abomination in there and the whole fight club and they're like well yeah but you are a busboy you are like famous like (laughs) he's showing it here on like the on the the phone it kind of reminded me of zach and muri like oh you're granny panties (laughs) right but we meet the sister she shows up in this scene because she's she ends up being the opponent and she's pissed that he ran away and never came back for her uh what did you guys think of her as a character in this movie like in there and the relationship between them um i think the main her main theme is that like you know, based on her father, like she was kind of always put in a box and told never you you know you're never gonna be well you're never gonna be worthy of the ten rings you're never gonna be worthy of leading you know so you go into your room and practice by yourself and, and basically learn by ex- like example by watching by not not by doing um, yeah a lot of w- women empowerment themes going on here but done well I thought for sure done well girls you know? are getting it done yeah. <laughs> did, did you find her compelling? Yeah, um, well, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did as well. Um, I. It's always so easy, uh, especially in modern Hollywood, to make her seem like a, a harpy, I should say. Like, um, I was done wrong. And it's like, I got to do things myself. And, you know, uh, I'm better than a man kind of thing. And. Uh, she is she's trying to find her her morsel of respect her uh find her footing at the same time it is it, it like yes she would be mad at shang but she's she's not once again the ties of family are are supersede a lot of things right uh she she came back right just like how yes uh the um the children might be odds with their father but it's not like they don't care about him right and won't right. try to save him right so you see this theme consistently um from the from the get-go so uh when you, you when you check out people's motivations you're like i understand why she would initially disappear in that elevator but i yeah. also understand why she would return um outside 
Yeah. And on that, yeah. And so, like, she kicks his ass in the ring. Uh, I love how Aquafina there is Katie's like, yeah, she's like, she has all the money. And he's like, did you bet against me? She's like, no. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and then uh, they figure out that, like, she's like, he's like, I came because you're in danger. But he was, she was not the one who sent this postcard with the dragon on it that he believed was like this warning from her. It was actually just a, a, this is a ruse from their father who was, you know, using it to sort of like, I don't you know, take them back so that he could explain this whole thing to get their mother back and everything else. Um, so you but, use Google Maps like <laughs> to, to see what the place looks like. No, like you, you have, have an address. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, look, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. Right. See, mm -hmm. you guys step in. Once right. you Google map it, it's like, OK, it's this building. It looks kind of abandoned. I would immediately go. Right. And if I'm truly desperate go and see if there's any um business nearby to it right call them and ask them about the place right right comment here from sam he goes i feel like a lot of movies made for younger audiences have female main characters as of now um well i think they always have but i, I think it's definitely more prominent now and there's been a more of a deliberate effort uh to increase the the, the visibility, like the amount of um, agency in the story that certain female uh, main characters have uh, and supporting characters as well, you know, and I think that's a good thing. If, I, if I, this was made, okay, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say real quick that I like that we're not in a world of disbelief with these female characters. Like Katie is who she is. She's Katie and you understand her limitations and her assets. Same thing with uh, Xia Lang. You know, you, you understand that she's really good with, with the rope with, uh, with the spike on the end of it. And she's amazing at like skill. And Michelle um, Yeoh. Yeah. And she could take down her brother, but her brother kind of let her, you know, like there's a bunch of things like that, that, I think again, realistic makes sense. Everyone kind of understand, uh, but she's also vulnerable. Shelling, like she's her dad takes both of them very easily. Right. You know, she's had it. She's been traumatized herself too. She's carrying this pain, and and and, yes. and um, you know, and she explains that like our father could never look at us because I reminded uh, him of our dead mother and yes, uh, stuff and like this. Right. Well, I was yeah, allowed but... to train. I was, I was because the boy only boys were allowed to be assassins in the Ten Rings. Yes, there's a vulnerability from because she's a female character, and I like that. I, I, I understand. Like it makes sense, and it's that. That's my take on her. Uh, I, I liked the way they approached her character. If this was movie was made, let's say thirty years ago, um, she would not have. Like unless she's Cynthia Radrock, she's not having the amount of interaction and agency as we saw in this film at yeah. all. Oh, I agree. Right? Yep. Right. Uh, right. And then the whole sequence when they like they, they um, well, she leaves them for dead, <laughs> right? She takes <laughs> off in that elevator, yep. and then they have to go out the window, and you know, and Kitty's like, I don't want to go out there, like, and and they had all that bamboo scaffolding, which I didn't know. I guess that's I didn't know that's something they do. Um, in that part of the world, but I guess they do. Um, and so like, cause it took me a while to figure out, I knew they were on scaffolding, but I didn't know, like understand it's, I guess, fragility. Bamboo uh, stronger than steel. Uh, apparently like it's, it's an extremely strong thing. Right. But as like certain things, boards were breaking and certain things, like ropes were snapping. It seemed to be like the whole thing was like coming apart quite a bit. It was a really fun, entertaining action sequence. We also had 
uh, Mask Man. Um, uh, the, what masked Assassin Ninjas, the, dude. The, the Masked Assassin <laughs> Ninjas. But there was like the main, like the guy who had been like his like main um, what trainer guy. The guy who beat Chang Chi. Yeah. I think it was know. called uh, John John or something like that. He, or... he has a name. It's um, like Spirit something. Hold on. Death Sorry. Dealer? Yeah. Is that Death his name? Dealer. Death Dealer. Thing. Yeah. Death Dealer. Yeah um who's kind of in this uh in this scene a bit um let's see if i can get a photo of him while, while we're yeah here he is uh he, like because we're getting like a lot of like he because uh you know shang's been exp explaining his origins how he came to know all of these moves and whatever uh and the different uh here he is and we see him a lot in those flashbacks as like when they're on the plane and so, you know, and, and there's actually a, like at the end of this sequence, um, Shang goes to like kill him, right? Because he's yeah. like, but no, he, he he thinks about it. He does think about it before he he, does he it. was doing it. He was yeah. He was like, he, he was going to do it, right? But there's a moment where he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like almost like he'd made a vow that he's not going to kill anybody anymore, and that's why he went to San Francisco in the first place and went into why he, why he ran away, why he, why he never came home. Right. Or whatever you know and then but he was like no i'm gonna make an exception for you and then he's like but then he gets stopped <laughs> yeah. before he, he really can uh that, that sequence that sequence where they're fighting and it's kind of lit uh behind them and you kind of see the shadows that was very um um skyfall uh <laughs> yeah uh, skyfall <laughs> sequence it, it, it was it, and the 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 level of um uh, a choreography in that fight sequence was just superb i i really enjoyed that sequence and i, I kind of wish it was a little bit longer um but you know beggars can't be choosers um just the um the knife uh, the knife movement and the, the tracking with the knives i one thing with martial arts action especially with um with north american interpretations is sometimes they're like speed is great and speed mm -hmm. is great but if you can't see what they're doing then right. it's absolutely worthless and they were able to present both speed and also be able to see the moves clearly and that is something extremely hard to do and they did a great job with it i agree 100 percent, jamil because um a lot of times in these uh kung fu action movies i do get lost in the way they shoot it um uh, but did you guys notice like how much every time there was martial arts going on they really zoomed into the characters and they really like again like you just said jamil they showed the moves uh, like and they made a point of doing that i don't know how they did that they must have slowed down the frame rate and then sped it up in a, in a different way to to make you like see the move and then see the counter move but it happens in like one second yeah. and you know i don't know how they did that but it was amazing an example of doing it wrong, in my opinion, is the Bourne series, where you just see movement, but you don't see what's happening. And then at the right. end, Bourne is successful. And you're like, oh, oh I guess he won. I really remember hating Batman Begins as well because of the yeah. way the action was edited in that movie. And you couldn't tell what was going on ever. And it was just like, ugh. <laughs> Someone was getting hit. <laughs> Someone's getting hit, I guess, wearing black. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, you know, uh, how many of these... um. Uh, masked assassins die in this whole scaffold fight like how many of them fall off the building like i lost count uh it was at least six it's a lot uh, yeah because like you know he's like boom 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 and like they you know like he kept falling off but he would like fall to a lower level but you hear like ah and there was like a lot of these 10 rings guys are just like foot soldiers who just get like you know they're just going one after the other 
um, more like the cartoon foot soldiers who were just completely expendable. Uh, but then uh, at the end of that fight, Mr. Uh, Tony Leung shows up uh, and, the, and we get our, our the, the Mandarin comes into the story. Uh, you called him the Mandarin. Yeah, he didn't like he... that. You don't name him after a Chinese food dish. Or an orange. <laughs> or an orange. <laughs> well, wait, okay, what do we call him? Wen Wu? Yeah, you could call him Wen Wu. That's his, uh, he does say that is his original name. Only his get... wife called him that, though. Like, I think right. he'd get mad if I... Uh, he gets mad whatever you call him. <laughs> Unless you call him, like, Warlord or whatever. Uh, you know? You'll never see me coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got a, We're, we're going to have a lot of discussions at the end of this podcast because I have a lot of things I want to... <laughs> you don't want to say on the air? No, no, no. Like, during the... On the air, just, like... Man, I kind of wish dot 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 kind of things. Oh, yeah, fair enough. No, right. The whole okay. So the whole the whole like, after this, they 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 he brings them like in his helicopter back to like where they grew up, kind of in the back in the compound. They're being like brought back here for the first time, and Katie's along for the ride too. Um, and you know, like there's he's 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 trying to like sort of win them back, right? Like you know, he's like I've missed you. There is this connection. You don't you realize he's not like that the, the the fear his children have of him is justified but yet they still have this connection and they um uh, that that loyalty to family versus sort of knowing i don't know this is probably not the path i want to go on and and it's also because he's telling them this this fantastic story that your mother is still alive and we can save her together and i've given you your space now is the time to come together and for you to grow up to mostly to Sean, more or less, he seems he doesn't engage much with his daughter, really. Well, okay, so I guess I'll bring this up. I, I feel like the kids became became two different parts of their their mother. Yeah. So, um, for Jailing, um, for uh, for Wenwu, it's like he wants to protect her and keep her secluded and and protected yeah. at all times. Whereas with um, Shang, it's like he's also angry at the situation and uh with what happened with her and he's he's kind of punishing him at the same time as training him so that he could never be killed so it's like he split how he feels about his uh his uh, departed wife into two pieces the the wanting to protect them but also wanting to never have them be defeated and like he he just kind of splits them apart, and that's how I interpret their relationship at that point. It's interesting here too with a quote from Tony Leung himself, who plays the character of Wen Wu. He says he's a man with a history who craves to be loved, but also describing him as a sociopath, a narcissist, and a bigot. Well, I I think it's interesting that you brought up the two parts thing here, Jamil, because I do think the crux of how he feels about Shang-Chi is what he says to him where it's like, you stood at the window and watched when he says that to him. And it's like, dude, he was like three or four years old, he was like six or seven or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever there. he was, you know, like he was, he was way too young to be able to take on a mob of murderous mobsters, like literally the iron gang. The iron gang. Yeah. And, and it's just like, unrealistic like like and then shang chi says to him at one point at the end of the movie too like you know you you know our mother was gone we needed you and you you chose those damn rings over us and, and, and again like you get you get an understanding of how both characters feel about each other uh 
and all because of this pivotal moment where I think, again, um, the mother would be ashamed of, of especially the husband of what he did after she died. Like the fact that she, he let grief take over his, his life and his motivations. Um, like but we, but it's an old story. We've heard this, like, we know that this happens even in real life when, when there's yes. this kind of tr loss in, in families. And, and, um, so it feels very uh, real. Like it just yeah. feels like, yeah, yeah, I can see like people are not perfect. People fall maybe sort of into their, into their tropes of like, you know, their things that they, these uh, character flaws, they can't seem to break from. Um, you know, and like he was on the, like he was on this path through redemption when Wu through his love for uh, Ying Li, but it's the tragedy broke him and it for it like it sent him down the wrong path down the uh, so misguided path. If he did not choose the rings over his family, do you think he would have been allowed to be to enter Talo? Yeah, it seemed like no. It seemed like Talo was never going to like uh, wipe that stain from his record i guess you know for like a thousand years of uh being a warlord i guess you know they were not so thrilled uh with the idea of him joining up with talo well what did they say to him i forget exactly what they say to him when you know they, they he's, do give, he's not worthy yeah and i do think that's again a par maybe he would have been worthy had he chosen his kids over the rings and chosen love over grief and, and you know like these are Again, there's a lot of the same themes that we get in WandaVision. Yep. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of the exact same themes of grief taking over and clouding your judgment and um, not caring about the people around you, the the bystanders, literally. Um, Actually, and speaking of WandaVision, I also did feel like there was this, a, a bit of a connection here because we also see with the Ten Rings and like the color that kind of associates those Ten Rings because when, when, um, when when it's Wen Wu, uh, also known as the Mandarin, maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> what a, what a I just want to get it in there. Uh, like he, like when he has it, it has almost like this purplish, bluish color, right? But later yeah. on, when when Shang Chi takes the rings, they become like becomes this golden kind of looking energy. Um, and I kind of like thought about uh, Agatha uh harkness who kind of had when she was sucking that magic out of like the other witches in wandavision um you know and some of like uh, even how scarlet witch's energy is more reddish gold i don't know i thought like, maybe there's a connection here maybe there's some kind of like um well energy. um it isn't agatha's mother and all the witches their energy is blue when they're trying to kill agatha and then it's purple when she like yeah maybe yeah that's what, so yeah I don't know if there's a connection here or not, but it's all Marvel, so it made me wonder. Jamil, any thought? <laughs> um, that's an interesting theory. <laughs> yeah. I, all right. I, I'm 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 not disregarding any person's theory. Uh, that's not necessarily one I subscribe to, but yeah. it is an interesting theory. Yeah. Um. So after they after he breaks this whole thing down and he basically he wanted the two pendants from the kids so he could put the eyes of the tiger so he could show them this whole thing and this is how we get back into Talo he kind of explains the whole background how he was forbidden from entering that his, that his mother was trying to advocate for the to bring the whole family because that was kind of where she wanted them to go I guess live out their days and and uh, um, and not so much on Earth. I guess, um, but uh, it was all, you know, she died before that ever happened or could, you know, 
that could be figured out. But so they decide they want to escape. They decide they want to warn Tallow or they want to try to do something. So uh, so th that's where they they're they're down in like the dungeon while like their dad's like, well, you'll come around eventually uh, to my way of thinking or you won't. And I'll just leave you down here. And so that's when they run into uh, into Trevor Slattery. Uh, you know, as uh, is played by Ben Kingsley, yes, who comes into the well, I don't have I, I, have, I have this photo of him, uh, as he was as he had appeared in Iron Man 3 because oh. he was the original Mandarin, or so we thought that, but then it was maybe Guy Pierce, oh, Guy sort Pierce of is, um, his character from that movie, yeah. Um, but he's back, and we when we saw him uh, all hail the one, the, the king in the, the, uh, I, don't know the you guess, I, I watched that last night actually yeah that was really funny that was really, yeah. really funny <laughs> right and that gives the backstory of how trevor slattery ended up down there in the uh, in wenwu's dungeon i guess they were like no because he had been used he had been like saying he was the leader of the ten rings and he was like this great villain but it was it was never him so um when we wanted to execute him in, in grand style but apparently he started busting into Macbeth. And he became like the court jester to the warrior king, I guess, um, and which was, you know, it kept him going. He also found, we also had the uh, what was it? Morris was the uh, was like the cute thing. The turkey uh, little face. The, tur the, the turkey chicken pig thing. With, like, uh, with wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was great. So like his like his um, I, I really love this character Like from Liverpool. I'm Trevor Slattery. And he's just like he has some amazing comedy in this movie and lines. And Jeff, you were mentioning last night that like that uh, like definitely like Aquafina and Katie, she has a lot of the of the comedy early, but yeah. then it, it suddenly like he he takes over the main comedic role after this point because she this is kind of the beginning of her path to becoming her own badass, I guess you know, uh, becoming yeah, like, she's kind of like a hot girl, you know, right? Uh, you know, she's got that bow and arrow, and she she has the crucial moment when she shoots the the big evil dragon. Um, right. She's also like uh, the the driver throughout that whole sequence where they're going through the forest to get into Talo, where he's like, take a right up here or the forest will eat us. Uh, you know? <laughs> and he's, he's and so you're calm. in the pocket. What do you mean in the pocket? Yeah. Stay in the pocket. <laughs> he's like, Morris says you should go right in three, two, one. Now it's like, <laughs> you know, it's more. So you better speed up. Morris says you better speed up. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah, he. I. I was almost like he was so calm about the whole thing. He also has like that whole line where he's talking about like when I was a boy, my mother took me to Planet of the Apes, and I said, "How could those? How could those monkeys do that?" Like and that's when I knew I wanted to be an actor. Actor, it's acting. It's acting. I was, we're acting. Those monkeys could do that. Oh my god! Such a funny, like just so. It was he was so funny in this movie, uh, and, and just the accent is that that's not his actual accent, right? No. Like, uh, <laughs> no, Kingsley? I think he's from like southern England, I don't think he's from the north. I don't yeah, know, but he, that up, but. but he does this Liverpool accent. Uh, this he basically play, like, he's like a beetle, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it just like doesn't ever have a care in the world, just likes to enjoy life, right? Um, even when he was about to be executed every moment, he's oh, he just kind of lives moment to moment. Um, which I really enjoy about his energy. And so they eventually, uh, you know, they through that, through Morris, they get into Talo, um, which they, they immediately see like the firebirds and they kind of figure out they're kind of in like an otherworldly place, like this other, we, I compared it to like Asgard and things like that. Um, Kung, you know, Lung. Just, Kung Lung. Yep. But that's Iron Fist and that was no good. 
it's okay. Um, okay, keep going. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into this. I was wrong. He is from the north. He's from actually, Dave. He's from um, Yorkshire. He's from Scarborough. Oh, oh, so he's like from where Benny's from. Yeah, yeah, he's from the same province. Yeah, I think Yorkshire. Yorkshire isn't Benny from York originally? Well, he's well, he's from Leeds, which is also in Yorkshire. Oh, he's from Leeds. Okay, so yeah, Scarborough is like a coastal city on the other side, so not like on the other side of where Liverpool is. So it's on the east coast, whereas Liverpool's on the west coast. Yeah, more near Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, they're both from the north, which is, I guess, maybe I, that's why he was able to do it because he grew up around a lot of the in that area, so kind of had those accents uh, in his head. Uh, Did the he's world a actor of, anyway? But absolutely. Did the world of Talo at like live up to the expectations for you guys? Like uh, because um, I don't know what I didn't really have any expectations. I didn't know what to imagine when we got in here. Uh, we but it was mostly with those animal life. Like there was like this big these big lion things. Like dragon lions, like they they look like you know the more ornate, uh, mythical beasts of like Chinese uh, uh, history, right? Like and so like to see like see those real life, I thought that the the effects were amazing. Like they like you know CGI uh, modern day is so amazing, and it's sometimes when I see those kinds of creatures, I go wow. Like you, you well, never know. I got a lot. All right, I've been to that like a similar kind of part of china that it, this looks like which is um goi lin and then we went on the river and it, it just a, a lot of the i got a lot of the same feelings that i had when we were on that river cruise in in goi lin china um which is in the south um it, it had a lot of that feel to me because it's kind of like their wilderness uh area kind of like their uh, you know bc alberta lake louise kind of place and and it's just gorgeous and uh i got a lot of those same vibes from talo because and i think again it's uh, it's it's on their money like they they're, they're really proud of that kind of area um because it is gorgeous i mean uh we kind of saw it in um survivor china when they went there like you kind of saw what i'm talking about like yeah so you can see like sort of like there's that statue there and then like you can kind of see the the creature um i don't know what they're called but they were it's amazing. like a dragon dog or something i don't know what dragon lion or something yeah you know they just just i don't know if you're like an animal person or anything like that i just thought it was really like they're neat uh just kind of like the world building effect of it uh, felt so so different, and then we also meet Michelle Yeoh's character. Uh, the she's the aunt of um, and the sister of of, of Yin Li, uh, Ying Nan. Um, what did you guys think of of her in this movie? I, I'll get a photo of her. Chef's kiss. I love Michelle Yeoh. She's awesome um, in almost anything that she's in. Um, I have really yet to see something that I don't like from her, or at least say that she's the best part. Um, of something that's horrible. <laughs> she is just utterly fantastic in how she plays in the kind of wish that uh, she is in more stuff. And and now seeing her kind of like um, introduced to North American audiences who haven't met her in previous things like Crunching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, you're, you're seeing her in, in, in a lot of other fandoms. Like we just got her in Star Trek for, you know, a cup of coffee. And, you know, now Star Wars individuals are going to see the amazingness of her and, you know, uh, the, the countless movies that she's done throughout the years and everything. She's she's just fantastic. I, 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 I really like her when she plays a good guy. 
I don't like her so much when she plays a bad guy, quite frankly. <laughs> um, like in Star Trek, like which we have a whole channel dedicated to Star Trek called Live Long and Podcast, if you don't know. Uh, and we talk about all on Discovery. Like I really loved her in the beginning of Discovery when she was playing like the, the Captain Georgiou from the Prime Universe. But they she largely plays the, her mirror universe counterpart, which is like this more like sort of anti-hero villain, um, you know, character, which is fun for her. And she does it fine. But it, I... When she was back in this role tonight, in this movie last night, uh, in this, I guess, more heroic role, I was just like, I really into it. Like, I really, I really dig it. You know, I, I want to root for her, I guess, instead of root against her. Um, I guess maybe that's where it comes from. Jeff? Um, yeah, I know. I love Michelle Yeoh. Uh, good or bad. I mean, like, I, I get what you're saying, Dave. Like, uh, uh, Georgiou got a little tiresome in Discovery. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that wasn't her fault. That was the writing, in my opinion. Yeah. It wasn't um, her. Act, it wasn't her performance. It was just no. that the way they wrote her was just a bit. It was. I. I. It was. It was. They. They tried, but it just. And to me, it never really worked. And now they're still talking about this spinoff with her for Star Trek. Whether she'll play that same. She continue to play that same version in some kind of Section Thirty One show or something. Get her um, on Picard. Get her on Picard, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well. Okay. Dan, are you able to share my screen? Because I kind of want to show you yep. uh, the people what I was talking about here with Goylin. Uh This is the river cruise that I kind of took here. And just look at the natural beauty of this area of the world. I mean, it, it is really just... its it, When you're there, it's really breathtaking. Um, right, it looks exactly like it. So this is where they filmed it? I don't know if it's where they filmed it, but it definitely, like, you know, and they have these caves there, and they light them up like this. And it's just... you got these hills that look like this, and it's kind of like the... I think the forest was kind of... Um, you know, inspired by this too. So, and a lot of people don't know this about China, I, I think, is um, some of the natural beauty that is there. Well, I think that that's the other thing too. What I really enjoyed about this movie was sort of like how much it was both cultures. I kind of talked about this, how it was like, it, it was this real fusion between American and Chinese. Uh, and like Jeff and I were also saying last night, Jamil, that like this movie's got to be like one of the biggest movies of all time because it's going to be popular in the two biggest movie markets in the world. Uh, you know? We'll see. If it wasn't for COVID, I think, like I was just thinking about that today. I was just like, well, they're not getting packed houses. Are they gonna? How much repeat viewing are they gonna get? Like they did, they got with like Dark Knight and Endgame and some of the biggest grossy movies of all time. Um, I think in China, worldwide, I could see it becoming number one. I could, uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how well it does in China. There's a, a lot of pushback. Well, okay, and is some of the pushback based off the actors, Jamil? Because, like, for instance, Michelle Yeoh, is, I believe she's Malaysian. Um, like, is it like, and I know, like, the Chinese have a thing where it's like they want Chinese actors, and is that? Oh, they they like Michelle Yeoh, and Michelle okay. is is a legend. Right. Um, a lot of people did not like uh, the lead, <laughs> stating that he did not look traditionally handsome. Interesting. Before. Yeah. <laughs> Which which was extremely weird. Um, uh, I guess it's weird from our Western perspectives. Yeah. Um, well, Michael Chan talked about that too. Right? Where, like sometimes, like he even, um, I guess, amongst the Asian community, there's different opinions on. Uh, I don't fully understand it. I just understand that there is. <laughs> well, they have different beauty different standards. opinions on who looks good or who yeah. looks like what or whatever. Because yeah. from my perspective, I'm like, dude, dude. Dude's a really good, handsome-looking dude, but yeah, no, yeah, like, I kind of I feel the same way, Jabil. Like it's a, uh, yeah, they have different beauty standards, and they look for like if there's flaws, like in their skin and stuff, like they don't like stuff like that. Like it, it, it's it's 
you know, but like for us, that that's more handsome and rugged. Is Tony is Tony Leung more traditional handsome? People love him. He he's a legend. He he is a legend. He is Scorsese. He, he is um well, like Robert De Niro. Robert he's like De Niro. The Ro- yeah. Yeah. Right. More or less. Yeah. I, okay. I just, like, like one of his most popular films was remade and. Unfortunately, North American audiences only think of the remake and not the original, um, and that's um, Infernal Affairs, uh, which um, Scorsese uh, remade into uh, what was it called? Um, the one with Leo, Matt Damon, uh, Departed, the Departed, the Departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he was so Lou. He was born in Harbin, China. And came to Canada at the age of five. Shout out to Aaron Mills, Mississauga, where he's uh, where he grew up. Um, <laughs> Nearby to where I uh, what? Not far from you, Jamil. Yep. You know, and uh, he, you know, I don't know. He got into acting. He was in Nikita and then Beauty and the Beast, apparently, and did some other. He was in a stunt. He was a stunt. He's been a stuntman as well for a long time. Um, I thought he was like again, I'm like great. Amazing in this movie, like and the, and the pairing with him and Aquafina, uh, great too. Um, and just to keep going through the plot of the movie, so once they get to Talo, and then there's this whole period where they're training, they're kind of learning about the dweller in the darkness and the that not that, enough that, training, not enough training. Not a, you could this could have been longer, eh? Like that they were like so, the, the as I as I kind of alluded to before, um, having spent a lot of time watching martial arts movies with my dad. My dad likes a specific type of of a martial arts movie and i'll break it down very quickly first part we're introduced to the hero and there is um balance in the world and then um uh, villain is introduced um villain beats the hero um and the hero one a hero dies and um their son child or or brother or something is exiled that exiled individual um, wants to is low in his luck. He has his fortunes changed. Introduced to his teacher. His teacher then trains him how to become a better fighter, um, like in Rocky Four, like Rocky Four. And then the the returning hero comes back, fights the villain, wins. Right. But the main crux of the movie is the training sequence. Right. If there is no training sequence, my dad is disappointed. Right. That's why he yes. likes a lot of the Rocky movies, too, because it follows that same kind of sequence. So mm-hmm. there was. Yeah. A- yeah. Like, I, I, I liked this, I, but I, I, I tend to agree. Like, the, it, it seems like they were there for about two weeks or like the whole story takes over because they kind of say that once they get back with their friend at the bar at the end. Oh, well, that's what our last two weeks have been like. We almost the world almost ended. So well, there's three days to get like how long is it going to take to get to uh, Macau to begin with? Right. right, they would have to have yeah, that would have taken like two days alone, probably just to get there with the amount of flights they would have to do and things like that, and time changes and everything else. But you know, so they, they it was a little fast for me. It was also, it was not even just about uh Shang-Chi's training, it was also about um, uh, Katie's? Katie's training as an archer. They're like, you're gonna, th- you know, do the bow and arrow and learn to. So, do this. what one line would have fixed all of that? Time moves differently in this heavenly realm, right? A one day equals uh, a week, problem solved, right? Yeah. You could at least make, say with intense training for two weeks, you can shoot a bow, one bow at a time, right? Not like, you know, like Hawkeye, one bow at a time with a decent amount of accuracy if you're training just purely for two weeks. 
right? Not saying that right. she's going to do like, you know, she does one <laughs> and she gets it right. And then she quickly gets another one, right? Watch out, Hawkeye. We only see her shoot like, like she only has one loaded, right? That's yeah, it. She was just happy to be carrying the arrows at one point. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm carrying the arrows around. That's my job. Uh... To me, that would have fixed it. Even if you say one day is two weeks. And we yeah. just say that it was it was it was a month that she was training, right? Like it, it didn't really matter, right? They could have made this as long as they wanted to, um, but they, they they chose to keep it somewhat because like, I guess they're like, no, he's coming, so we had there's some urgency, I think, as well as they were going for like that. We don't have a lot of time to prepare, which I guess makes the, it a little bit more dire, maybe. I don't know. Like two weeks is still um, a short period of time before an army comes and invades. I have yeah. the opposite opinion like of you, Dave, on this one, because I think part of the reason why it's great when she does get that blow with the arrow is the fact that she is not good at it and that she's just learning. Like, she's just, I think, and all the jokes, like, with, with uh, what's the guy that, the training guy that's a legend too? Jamil, you probably know. No, I um, don't, actually. I was uh, like, who is he? Wong Bo or whatever. I forget his name. Here, I'll find it. <laughs> Chancellor Kui? Um, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, a master Guangbo by uh, Wa Wen. Uh, it plays him, um, and he's been in Kung Fu Hustle, Fist oh, of Guangbo. Fury. Oh, Guangbo, yeah, Master yeah. Guangbo. Okay. Yeah, all the jokes with him don't land if Aquafina is a suddenly this hot girl, like you know, like you know, just with the bow and arrow, and and like you know what I mean. Like so, so I liked that they kind of still kept her an amateur again more realistic not you know she you can't have one montage and she and is then, our proxy like i said we don't want her to be like all of a sudden like she is now hawkeye um, yeah yeah but she because, but she can but have she, she can have an important role in the story and can be the one who helps save the day it only takes one shot and that's why they show her when they're when she's training she gets that one shot and she like goes yeah like isn't that awesome they all kind of look at her like roll their eyes or whatever right and I don't know. I liked all that stuff. My favorite to me, line, too, which I think sums up her arc in the story, is like, if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Yeah. Right? So it's like Gretzky. You know, you miss yeah. 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Uh, well, you need to be where the um, puck's going to be. Right. You need to be yeah. where the, the Mandarin's going to be, which is a yeah. Talo, uh, when he comes to burn the whole place down. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, she could have chickened uh, out. She could have not gone along for this ride and not risked her life and went back to doing valet uh, car, you know, car driving and all that kind of stuff. But I think her, she understood that her her mom is right that you know she does need to take a risk because yeah, exactly what you just said. Like you don't, you're not going to be able to take that risk unless you you're there. You know, put yourself and you, out there. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, yeah, I I I, I did really enjoy that part of the the aspect of it i thought that like what michelle yo explained the whole backstory of like the demons and the thing that they had put basically it's like there was like these demons from hell or from a different dimension they explain it that they came into the talo dimension which is separate from our dimension somehow there's a, just a gateway on earth right you can only pass once a year i say it's a heavenly city it's one a heavenly the, city one it, of the seven can, heavenly cities uh, perhaps it is. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what exactly it is, but it's, it's definitely, it's, they talk about they, they these evil darkness, soul eating monsters came. They, they destroyed our world because once Talo was filled, was covered in most advanced cities and had like uh, a real, like a really thriving culture and it was nearly completely destroyed. That's why there's only like this one village left. Like they're kind of like the, the remnants of that 
uh, now almost dead society in some ways. Right. And they're like, our job is just to make sure that this never, they're like the watchers on the wall, like, you know, in game of Thrones, right. Like waiting for the white walkers to maybe one come back one day. Um, and, uh, and, and that's kind of what this whole thing is like that Mandarin or when Wu he's being like, uh, tempted from by the devil effectively right like uh, in the using the voice of his wife that's because she, he believes that she's been locked behind there uh and that she's actually still alive and that's what his motivation is and why he's so driven to do so and he has this 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 incredibly loyal devout army of assassins at his back end uh as well who are willing to do whatever he wants right so the whole like when they finally do show up and the whole confrontation begins uh you know and they're fighting them and like we, we we get the fight between um you know shang chi and his father you know i love how he also how the father went to like the temple and like prayed at like the paid respects yeah paid respects to the yeah like for the the box uh what do you call that um memorial the memorial it yeah is. the mausoleum right in the mausoleum yeah. uh yeah like it was I don't know. Everything was like, I was always like just engaged with the whole thing. Like the, how they, they're fighting each other. And then eventually how they have to decide, like they have to work together because eventually when, when Wu starts pounding on the gates after he like, Oh, not to mention, he like knocked his son, right? He like, he knocked his son right into the water. <laughs> he eated I, his son. Man. Yeah. He, when he's like, you he would hate, she would hate what you become. He's like, Oh yeah. You're boom. Right. And he just, he was um, he was not happy with Shang Chi too much in that moment, and was left him for dead effectively, right? Um, and uh, but he's that's when he meets the dragon down in the the water, the great protector, the great protector, yeah. Which was like he's a dragon rider too, another Game of Thrones kind of thing, you know. He's like the Jon Snow of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's a lot of parallels to Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> positive uh, parallels. Yeah, positive ones. Um, and so I like when like so a couple of those like demon things come out, the soul suckers, and they get they get uh, Death Dealer um, and a couple of the others, and then <laughs> Razor you know, Fist uh, is like, we should work together. We shall work together. Cease fire. <laughs> Release them. We are all good. You know, um, I thought that that I thought that was a really good message. Like also too about how like war is stupid and you know you're often on the same side when you don't realize it um and like the whole the whole final third act battle that uh that comes out of like in the dragon and eventually the monster well, well there's the whole fight between the mandarin and uh and shang chi uh you know where he's like eventually taking those rings from him right yeah and like in, in game first he gets five of those rings and then eventually he gets all ten and and this is right when the the dark the, the 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 big monster thing pops out, you know, and he sacrifices himself so that it's like so Shang Chi can get away. So he has sort of this redemption here at the end, you know, even though it's like, and, and there's also like this whole coming of age thing for Shang Chi to stand up to his father and defeat his father and take that power from him and earn his respect as well. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty Son plants the father. Yeah. Um, even that, just that whole effect, that monster. Oh my God. That monster was so scary. Like, like, I thought it was like, just so like hideous and grotesque. Um, great character design. I find design just like the mouth of it. It looked like a real thing. Like it's real. Like it looked like, a, like it looked like the devil, you know? And I, I was just like, Whoa, you gotta beat this thing. 
Shang Chi. Come on. <laughs> Did you yell at the screen? You gotta beat it, Shang Chi. You gotta go. You gotta do it. Ride that dragon. Come on, swing those rings. Come on, whatever you gotta do. Um, get 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 Zha Ling in here with her woo or lasso thing, and let's get let's take this thing down because we see that like she's able to ride the dragon too because she's she also has great power. But um, you know, she's Daenerys Targaryen. Targaryen. She's Daenerys. Yeah. Other another one. I also like how Trevor Slattery is like. I'm just playing dead. This is another performance. I'm not. Yeah, that was my gotta, favorite joke in the movie, other than the the Planet of the Apes one. Those two jokes were the best I, for I me. Did, and, and, I and got the, yeah, and Morris did, the, and our dog named Morris does does that exact thing. So it, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, but yeah, the, the those two moments, Dave. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the movie theater, got the biggest laughs. I thought. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything with Ben Kingsley was killing in that theater last night. Yeah, like, you know, but also Aquafina too. She was great. Uh, she had yeah. all the, some of the best jokes as well. Um, yeah, and so like they he like there's this whole thing where you think he's gonna be able to suck the soul out of the dragon, out of the great protector. And you're like, no, don't kill that dragon. No, they're like it's gonna become unstoppable. Um, Master Guangbo, I think uh, he 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 gets his soul sucked out, and then it's up, you know, because he was the one gonna take the shot at the at the neck and then he gets taken out. So it's up to Katie to, uh, to do it. Um, and, uh, and, and she does it. She like, she has that great moment, right? Like uh, with all of it, they, they hit in the throat and then Shang-Chi takes the rings and he, <coughs> I don't know, makes it explode basically. Like he, you know, he destroys it for all time, which was he something does, they could. That move, that move. Boom. I love it. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> right. Cause that was something they couldn't do. I guess like, I don't know how, like thousands of years ago, whenever they sealed that thing inside, right. They couldn't kill it. They had to like, just get they it. They never had the rings. They didn't have the rings. Yeah. Uh, um, the Mandarin. What's his name? Real name. I don't know. When Wu Wen wasn't there. And yeah. So, you know, the, the thing is, and we do learn and we'll get to the post credits, but we learned that these rings are not from our realm. Earth. They're, Earth. They're, they're thousands of years old. I think, I have a theory. They're connected oh, to, to the Eternals. You know, that's my theory. But it might be know. in the comic books, right? They're like an alien technology, right? Yeah. Mm, are they? I thought in the comic books, the rings were um, the rings were on um, Fing uh, Fing Fang Foom's. Uh, Fing Fang Foom was using them before he had them on each of his talons, right? And then he lost them. Right, and so he like got depowered. Um, I, I see. This is where uh, I'm not. I'm not clear on it either. What the what the comic book origins? Are. I always my impression of the Mandarin was always that he had like these like ten rings, which he wore on his fingers, not like as like bracelets or whatever. Uh, he would wear them like, and and then they were like oh, the alien technology, like kind of like Green Lantern rings or yeah. um something. Each one had a different ones. weapon. Or yeah, they each had had different properties to them, and he. But he always looks so weird when he has like the 10, 10 lasers coming from ten fingers like this, or whatever he would go like yeah. this. This looked much cooler in the movie. I loved how like they just like they would come off and on of his arms and allowed him to sort of like do different um, techniques with it. And you could see like um, closer to the martial arts with the rings, the ring martial arts that people have too. <clears throat> how they enabled him to like jump really far. I, I like the usage, the creative usage of those abilities. They they're like, okay, we're gonna have these abilities, and then we're gonna build off of it, right? And how it was like um, a rope, 
how it was like a, a, a like a cutting tool, how it was like a blunt instrument. Uh, there was a variety of um, different applications. I thought it was very creative. Um, yeah, and then the the whole ending. I guess we'll just we'll wrap up with the storyline and just kind of break everything down there. So um, you know they 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 destroy it. They save the day, uh, and then they you know Shang Chi and Katie they go back to San Francisco where. Um, you know, they're talking to their friend and telling the story and they're not really buying it. But then Wong shows up through the sling ring and says, come on, we need you. You're he doesn't really he doesn't call them Avengers, but he kind of pulls them into the world of the Avengers, uh, the two of them um, right away, you know, saying that we need you in the rings uh, and then ends up with Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, talking about that, the Ten Rings have been a mist like they have some kind of signal coming from like inside of them. That you know, what is that? What does that mean? Is that bringing something? Is that bringing some kind of a threat to Earth or to the universe? We don't know. Um, and uh, that's kind of the, the, a little bit of the mystery. And then we get our second post-credit scene where Zha Ling has now become the new leader of the Ten Rings, has taken over that compound, and is now training women to be like equal part assassins with like the the other Ten Rings people, like or other foot soldiers. Uh, equal opportunity. Hashtag that. <laughs> so, you know, um, she's going to be a villain. I think that's what that's enough. She's I think ultimately she's going to become, or like, or like sort of a, this gray area character who's kind of like, you know, um, not quite good, not quite bad. I, okay. Considering that last part, I just find it very interesting that over the course of the last set of movies and shows that there's been a diversification of power throughout the Marvel universe in terms of the world so you have the widows are off somewhere doing something you have the um uh, the the 10 rings individuals off you know in asia you know consolidating power uh, wakanda is always going to be there right mm -hmm. and yeah power um, broker and all that the, the power broker and what they'll be probably are, are is are they still working out of uh Majipur? Or not, we're not entirely sure. But you just see different pockets of like power, like rising, right? Um, right. Wouldn't it make the most sense for the widows to, you know, hook up with the ten rings because uh, that would make the most amount of sense? But not necessarily. I I feel like there could be something coming um, down where these different parties interact or. Or fight for power um, might be interesting. We'll see. But I just, it, it seems like they've made a point to kind of showcase that, that there's different sections of power throughout the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that that's what that's what I'm really enjoying about Marvel is that how how more intricate this world has become, because they like they've done these amazing movies for I don't know 18 years. When how long has it been? Like 10. 12, 13 years, whatever. And only this year we started doing the Mar the MCU podcasts here in 2021, starting with WandaVision, which is like this whole new, I guess the phase four era, right? Is what really where we're starting off. So the first three phases, you know, and like there are some people who go, ah, Marvel can't sustain this, you know, they, but yeah, they're going to, uh, they're going to blow it out of the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't see any momentum slowing down here. I guess that some fans might tune out. Maybe this is, or we might, other people might fall off, but well, here's the thing. I think DC, if they if they continue to do what they did with the new Suicide Squad movie, they're going to keep up with them. But they they have to embrace and have fun with 
the dark nature of what DC is. Um, you know, Marvel gets Marvel's got a good lane here because they can bring uh, you. You know, you can bring the kids in more with the Marvel movies. But I think DC should just understand, like, look how successful Deadpool was, and 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 I know it's not a DC movie, but they that what they did with Suicide Squad to me is keep doing that. Do Batman like that. Do Superman like that. Okay. You know, that's how that's that's what that's my opinion. I understand people that are hesitant on that kind of stuff. Um, you know, especially with Superman, I guess. Well, but I Super- think like when I think about like the DC characters because they 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 come more from like that uh 1930s and 1940s esque origin versus like these marvel characters which were largely invented in the 60s and 70s uh i just think that there's like this campiness to the dc universe that you you have to like counteract by making it more like hard and gritty and whatever right you know so like they can't quite find like the right i don't know how to appeal to sort of a mass audience for like marvel can with some of these characters because they don't feel as relatable they're more godlike you know you see that and like that's why it shows like the boys and uh and other things like that like i think um are, are being so successful because they they're kind of doing what dc should be doing with their with their characters but at the, at the same time they're like no it's superman it's batman we have to sell like you know happy meals or whatever and how yeah. um the, the and, problem with superman is that superman should be clark kent a good portion of the time right with the understanding that he cannot just smash his way to victory right there's going to be a point where that might be necessary but he can't be superman for majority of the movie it just doesn't work right just like how in batman like he he was yes he was batman but he wasn't like I'm dressed up in Batman and I'm prowling the streets for the majority of time. He was detecting, he was, the story was unfolding and he was interacting with that world until you have the final confrontation. Wonder Woman didn't work because it didn't understand what it wanted to be. It wants, it wants to be this, uh, uh, question was, was there, well, the question was about Superman here. Was there a lawsuit with Superman? I don't don't know what he's referring to. I'm not sure what you're, there's been many lawsuits with Superman. Um, um, okay, guys, speaking of Wonder Woman, Jamila, you just brought it up. Can you believe that the principal writer of this movie, Shang-Chi, was the same principal writer for Wonder Woman 1984? Can you it makes sense to me. Really? Yeah. Because Why? Because that movie probably got rewritten right. so many damn times that they had, like... These, the, these actors and actresses sign up for these movies not knowing what's going to be. Right, they get a, a brief synopsis, and they're like, "This makes sense." This thing, and and then as production um, continues on, it gets rewritten, and and scenes get shot and edited, and it just becomes a total different beast than what it originally was intended. Like, oh, we want rewrites for the third act, and it, like these movies just become so disjointed when you have so many cooks. Whereas, I find with Marvel, there is at least a more consistent like. Uh, Feige is the head writer or like the head like rewriter, I should say, and say, we're going to take the movie in this direction. You have the script. We might change things or ad lib things in it. But this is our structure because it it works with the overall narrative that we have for the entire world. 
there's the no overall team. narrative for the entire world in DC, right? So everything's just mishmash, and you can just go in any direction. Yes, there's freedom in that, but also there is the chances that you make a total blunder, which is the scripting of 1984. Yeah, I just hear David Callahan is the writer's name that we're speaking to. He also uh, did some uncredited rewrites on Ant-Man uh, and uh, also was uh, one of the writers on Wonder Woman 84. He's also going to be writing the um, the the End of the Spider-Verse uh, sequel uh, uh, as well. He's going to be part of that team. Hey, he's so. clear, like, again, I, I, I think Jamil's right. When there's too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to writing – yeah, we uh, we get Wonder Woman 1984. You do need Kevin Feige's style person, and DC needs to find that person. Um, they, well, they tried. They thought it was Snyder, and then they thought it was going to be uh, Jack uh, Jeff Johns. Uh, and maybe it still will be Jeff Johns, but I, don't know. I, I, I think I, I mean I I think they should give it to James Gunn. You know, just let him run it. If he doesn't like, let him. Do I don't think Guardians. he wants it. Yeah, he, he probably doesn't. They, probably but they would does. give it to him in a heartbeat if he wanted it. Yeah, like if he wanted it, I'd give it to him, man, because like what he did with that Suicide Squad movie to me is exactly what DC should be doing, uh, you know, because they, there needs to be an alternative to the Marvel stuff. You know, the right now Marvel has got the whole market and it's because they are like the the five tool movie where they can get kids, old people, young men. Right. Women, they have the ten pole movies, but now they have like Deadpool and they can do some R rated stuff, too. And I don't know. We'll see how they try to balance that. Uh, like, right. Uh, Sam just clarifying, like rights over Superman. Yeah, there's been all kinds of rights over Superman. And like, there's no me. way in hell DC um, and Warner Brothers is ever going to lose the rights to Superman. They will move heaven and earth to yeah. ensure that property because that that's one of the most recognizable characters uh, yeah. not just in entertainment but in the world batman right? too and, and you know, batman too yeah right? like but okay like what, for instance if they do a batman movie like and maybe the batman will be this i don't think it will be but maybe it will be where it's super dark where batman is kind of a psycho because in the comics he is he's a deranged kind of guy you know you might have, they have that's why they haven't done robin right yet because uh the, it's robin is like hit girl and batman should yeah. be more like big daddy in in kick-ass right yeah like, yeah and if they did that if they did a, a dc batman movie like that i think they're scared but i think they're, they're, they're scared they're not gonna make batman likable everyone's gonna realize batman is kind of like you're saying kind of, it's kind of deranged and he's kind of insane and he's kind of he's traumatized again kind of like the uh the mandarin uh when Wu in this movie like he's kind of like that because he's he, the grief has taken over his motivations and he like and that happened to big daddy too same thing like you know like so again these parallels are coming together and i just think if they could do a batman movie like that i would be so thrilled you know um but maybe okay, they, let's, they, let's get back to Shang Chi though, and actually, while we're on it too, like let's let's rate this uh, this uh, oh. movie, this newest installment. Uh, Ashley couldn't be with us because it's just hard for her to get to the theater right now, so we'll have to get her rating later uh, when she has a chance to see it. But uh, I'm going high on this, guys. This is I'm going nine point eight, and I'm only, the only like my only like criticism maybe is. Um, like I think some of the drama with maybe the brother sister could have been a little tighter, but like even like that's about, that's a pretty small critique. I think, um, Jamil, where are you at? Um, I'll give it, I'll give it an 8.9. 8.9. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll 8.9. Yes. 
Jeff? 9.3 for me. 9.3. Okay, and that's that 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 balances us out at a 9.3. So uh that's the highest thing so far. We really liked Loki. It turns out we like this a little bit better. Um than even than even Loki, but I really enjoyed. It has an 8.1 right now on IMDb. Uh, although you know it just came out two days ago, uh, which is about 18,000 ratings so far. And uh, I and I did round up to a 10 out of 10 for for my vote uh, in IMDb. So um, Jamil, what are we watching next? What's the next thing? Is it Turtles? Um, let, I'm sorry. Let me just do the break. Oh no, it would be uh, What If, right? I think What If will wrap up before Turtles. Okay, before What If, guys. I think we need to do individual episodes. Let's not cram it all into one. You don't think yeah. we can? We, it, it would be. It would probably be like a five-hour podcast if we try to yeah. do it. But yeah. maybe we could. Uh, maybe we could do, do one. Do it in sense. Or, like or we could do like a podcast of... run where we talk about each episode in a run. But yeah. So uh, and uh, when, uh, when speak... I say sets, I mean maybe like we do pairs, like every yeah. two maybe episodes. pairs. Yeah, that would be. I good could do that. that. I could do that. Yeah, yeah because they are half-hour time... episodes. Colonels is not till November, right? Correct. Um, and I am looking forward to t- – so, uh, Jeff, I know you've said you've seen the Eter- – um, save, and I'm just going to pull that down. Uh, you've seen uh, the Eternals trailer, at least one of them, right? I saw the most recent one, like the one you saw in the theater. I saw – I've seen it. You saw that one? Okay, so Jamil, yeah. the, you, um, Jeff got uh, – he got there after the previews last night. And uh, the, this new Eternals trailer looked fantastic to me in in IMAX. Are, are you less excited about it? I'm, I'm just disappointed in people showing – look – like I got it, lost. It's, it's I reserved, never been... <laughs> it's reserved seating, and it just was making me angry that the movie starts. The scheduled time for mine was seven thirty, and at seven forty, people were walking in. I'm at the end of the row, and I'm like, I'm not standing up again. You guys, I'm gonna raise my knees up. You gotta walk past me, but like, don't take me out of the movie going experience, right? Like, um, I, it was different in terms of my theater where, uh, to 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 go to the lobby. You had to wait in line because they had a, a a maximum occupancy that they were dealing with, right? If you were going straight to the movie theater and not buying anything, then you can go straight in. So I had to wait, right, to get into the theater, right? So I had enough time to wait in line, order food, right? And my food order got messed up because I'm like, I wanted a hot dog and nacho combo, and I want a slushy. And they're like, oh, we don't have any slushies. Okay, I'll take a summer's bee. Oh, uh, we don't have any hot dogs. Okay, I'm going to have a summer bee and a nacho. And I was going to pay with my um, scene club, my wonderful scene club. And they're like, oh, we can't use scene club with with um, alcohol. So you'd have to do two separate orders. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not wasting any more time. Anyways, I sat down and people like know your movies like the runtime is clearly explained right so don't tell me oh i you sit down five minutes into the movie get up to go to the bathroom no come on know yourself i I didn't do that Know thyself i so yeah jane and i got in first and then the preview started and then jeff like he was he was running late and uh so i I got got to meet i got lost okay the 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 gps to to this place was basically like hey drive by it on the highway you've arrived <laughs> you know we're up <laughs> in golf links you know uh i used to go to that theater when i lived in that part of hamilton too so i'm, I'm a little more familiar maybe than jeff was we could have we could have carpooled as well uh then nothing would have uh gone 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 wrong but anyway i, I just when you're talking about your slushies jameel i was thinking about mariner quailer is awesome by the way you can get any drink in the form of a slushie we got to get like five slushies 
Did you get five I, slushies? I got like I have like a huge slushy um, container, and I brought it there to dump the slushies in, so I can just have the straw under my mask. I go, Drink the glee, entire glee time. ruins sl- slushies for me. I think. Well, you, no point of note. You should just stop watching Glee after. Glee. I did. I after, after season, season two, two, I stopped. But yes, yeah. that is the appropriate time. Glee died at that point. It died. Yeah, it was when the, the Glee died. Um, yeah. So anyway, so but I really like that that Eternals trailer, and we were talking a lot about Superman and this character that. Um, is it Icarus? Is that who it is? Because as played by the uh, like, uh, it's Rob Stark, uh, whoever plays Rob Stark, uh, because the actor's name right now. But uh, he like was like shooting lasers from his eyes, and I'm like, is this guy like Superman? Like, he's, does he have like the powers of Superman? Icarus? Uh, yeah. Like a lot of people have similar abilities of like what the man you would call Superman. He flew too close to the sun. Because Marvel doesn't really have like they have Sentry, which is kind of like a version of Superman for them, but. Um, I was like, it would be interesting to see what they do with a character like that in Marvel, you know, having someone that powerful, if that's what he is, but that's kind of what I got the impression, but it seems like it's also like this team of, I don't know. I'm really, I don't know a lot about, um, about Eternals. What I was hearing a lot was like, where's Marvel heading? And it seems like they're what they're calling the Jack Kirby route, which is going to be more about the space and more about like the existential threats from the Celestials and the greater universe now that like the infinity war storyline is gone some people are saying well i like the more earth-driven stories the more like street level stories and um not necessarily like, these grand amazing space adventures and secret wars and whatever they might do but i don't know where do you stand on that jamil do you like uh... um, i think that you're gonna get both because like you're not necessarily gonna see shang chi in space right <laughs> shang chi in space he's like I'm I'm floating in like uh, the the universe, and I'm just you know shooting out rings or whatever. He's probably going to be earthbound, and um, I, I guess we can get into this um, uh, aspect. I think that we're going to see a split in terms of like uh, Thor, Guardians, Nova, um, maybe the Externals, leading to Fantastic Four being. Uh, dealing with more spatial threats and then you and captain marvel um and then you're gonna have miss marvel um your she hulks your your hawkeyes your shang chis uh wong and dr strange and ant-man dealing when we get like with... daredevil eventually maybe or if, we, oh, if they bring back sooner to... than uh, we we anticipate we... and, right. and spider-man kind of dealing with um planetary slash um planetary dimensionally earth conflicts as he's right? like crossing over with dr strange and and the more mystical aspects of things yes and the multiverse and all those things so well, try to to me trying to understand where this let's see if my theory is correct just bear with me that we see the beginning of shang chi in the spider-man no way home trailer with wong leaving to go to um um uh, uh, a place with snow alaska maybe to meet the abomination to fight in the fight club in shang chi right so, so spider-man takes place before this n- no during this right and that's why when um wong brings shang chi back to the sanctum dr strange is not there to be involved because he's still with spider-man and the no way 
home situation. Right. Because I guess we'll be when I say present uh, day, that's my my issue with it because we don't know what present day means. Right. Yeah. I get like let's get get me an exact date. I mean, there is a theory. I don't know if you've seen the most recent new rock stars about the what if Doctor Strange episode, Jamil, but did you see the theory that they that their theory is that Doctor Strange in No Way Home is actually the evil Doctor Strange that we saw in the what if? Um because and they have a couple of clues that you know could could we'll point be, to we'll that. Be doing, Which, um Spider Man before Eternals then, right? No. Spider Man is after Eternals. After Eternals, okay. Yeah. So it could be that um, I forget the character's name in the Eternals could have either brought the the rings or created the rings, right? Because seven years, seven sorry, seven centuries would kind of line up with when they said that they arrived to Earth, right? The Eternals, right? And then the rings could have um, during their sleep, the quote unquote eternal sleep, the rings could have um, gone the hangs of um, Wenwu. Right, and that's why he never had any conflicts with the Eternals because the Eternals were not involved with it, and uh, maybe the different heavenly cities were somehow involved with the Eternals. So, with the Eternal energy and the rings combined, it sent out that beacon, and that's why uh, the Eternals tie into Shang Chi and also the um, external planetary threat that might be involved right well. eternals comes out november and then spider-man spider-man doesn't come november. out for december yeah. november 5th okay yeah november 5th remember remember the 5th of november right and after uh, spider-man we'll get the doctor strange movie so yeah, december in- 17th it's actually before christmas yeah so doctor strange is until february march march 25th so yeah uh, march 25th february movie and then we'll get thor love and thunder in May, May 6th. And then we get Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, July 8th. Then we get the Marvels in uh, um, November 11th, 2022. Then we get Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania in February yeah. uh, 2023. Yeah. And then we get Guardians 3 in May 2023. I think Hawkeye might be coming out in February then. Yeah, I think we might do Hawkeye or another Disney Plus show of some kind or something like because that. Because next, next is she, is She-Hulk next? I'm not quite sure. No, actually. I think it's Hawkeye first, then She-Hulk. I think Haw- Hawkeye will probably hit first. I, I but uh, uh, it's uh, actually it's, so it's 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 Miss Marvel. No, it's Hawkeye, then Miss Marvel. Uh, so Hawkeye comes out in November, and then Miss Marvel's slated next in late 2021. Then Moon Knight, and then She-Hulk, then Secret <laughs> yeah. Invasion. Yeah. I keep forgetting they're doing Moon Knight. Oh man, oh, yeah. Moon Knight's gonna be awesome. great. I know it's gonna be Moon amazing, but street nobody's... level, street level. Yeah, and he's he's a funny character as well. So, so if Miss Marvel is November, that means we're gonna have Inhumans introduced in Externals. Yeah, right. probably. Um, and then then it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye is probably gonna be February. No, it says late two twenty twenty one. I don't think that makes any sense. If if Miss Marvel, unless they have both running at the same time, yeah, there's there's not enough weeks. If it's eight episodes, that's two months. So it's going to be 2022. I think it's going to be February. <clears throat> all right. Well, we're going to find out. Well, we'll be here to talk about all of them uh, here on Super Mater Brothers Podcasting um, as they come out. Have I have I forgotten anything? Are we are we wrapping up? 
Well, we're coming up on two hours. Yeah, I think we might be. I I, up. I I I thought okay okay. I, well, I, well, sorry, you had sorry. more theories. Where, where, where's your theories? Like, what's going on? I had like a whole theory I was gonna drop oh, down. Okay, well, theories. Um, I think that we're getting our new event. Like, they're creating like the next generation of the Avengers, right? Um, you know, and it's going to feature, I think, Shang Chi and uh, and also Katie, uh, you know, in some role, and also, you know, I miss our Captain Marvel is clearly um, one of the the leaders of these of this new generation. Bruce Banner apparently is going to be along for the ride. Wong, Doctor Strange, uh, presumably Spider Man, uh, whoever the successor Black Panther is going to be. I don't know what exactly to expect there yet, um, because you know, but who knows? But whoever that is will likely be in the mix. Uh, we also have Ant Man, who's also still pretty prominent, and the Wasp, uh, and the Wasp. You know, uh, and Goliath, I guess too, right? He but, might be a bad guy. Goliath will probably be a bad guy at some point. And you got the new Black Widow. And you got the Dark Avengers, you know, with like uh, U.S. Agent, and then you also have uh, what's going to happen. Morris? That's Morris. She's very upset. She's directing me to Talo. <laughs> take a right here. Take a right. Take a right. Take a left. You might want to speed up. Yeah. Um, whether or not we see like, I guess some of the other former Avengers. Like we also know these like this new young Avengers group is sort of. We see this coming, right? Like the young Hawkeye with his daughter. We have, um, we had like the kids from WandaVision, which we think maybe come back in Multiverse of Madness in some way. Uh, we have, uh, who else has got the young characters? I guess there's that, son, that the, the guy who's like the grandson of the that old Captain America guy who was in the prison. Yeah. You know who I mean, right? Um, I'm not sure. And then I'm trying to think if Loki had somebody like that who but i, I can't think of well, sylvie right? could be involved sylvie i guess could be involved or something like that but i think they're trying to set up a new generation right um because like you know like scarlett johansson and chris evans and robert downey jr they've all moved on so now they're kind of you know like uh they're keeping some of them around clearly but they got okay. too expensive those guys let's face yeah. it let's be real all right um <laughs> my theory um i still think they can do um iron fist so <laughs> let's get to would it. you reboot him me personally no um I, I think a lot of the issues with iron fist wasn't necessarily with uh the idea of iron fist it was one um showrunner and writers and two uh how marvel television was run in general and it, it did not do any favors to that character they were saying that um uh um i forget his name the finn jones did not um, have that much um, interest in training um, he did not have the experience nor the time to to properly get trained um, like we see in this and also in um, uh, what's her name um, uh, uh, my favorite character in Iron Fist um, um, who plays um, Daughter of the Dragon um, what's her name um, I gotta look it up Misty Knight, Misty. No, Misty Knight and um, what's the other one? Misty and who's who's her counterpart? Misty <laughs> and I'm not an Iron Fist. Who becomes, expert, who becomes the means. Iron Fist spoilers if you haven't seen Iron Fist? Um, Colleen, most of, the, Colleen, most Colleen, of those Colleen. Netflix series, like the Iron Fist, the whole defend the defenders, if you will, like I don't think that worked really well. I I, I disagree. Colleen Wing, right? Uh, Colleen Wing, she as uh, the actress who plays her. 
um, also Game of Thrones, she had an extensive martial arts background. So when it came to do Iron Fist, she looked like head and shoulders a much smoother performer than Finn Jones did. I thought, um, like Luke Cage was okay. Yeah. So Kun Lao is one of the heavenly cities that has a defender, just like Ta, Ta Lao. Although Talao is not necessarily one of Marvel's legendary heavenly cities. But just imagine you have Kun Lao who has a defender at the gates preventing people to go, uh, go in, which is almost similar to what we see with Talao, right? So uh, in Marvel Comics, there is the seven heavenly cities and each one has a defender, which also every so often they have a tournament where all the, uh, all the cities bring um, send a representative that have to fight. So just imagine that a sequel of Shang-Chi, wherever it may be, has that tournament and they, they choose uh, Shang-Chi as the um, as the fighter for Tai Lao, right? Because of his ancestral connections to it, right? And one of those fighters could be and could be the villain, quote unquote villain or antagonist is... Um, the Iron Fist, which in the comic books, uh, Shang-Chi and Iron Fist did fight um, against each other. It, it would be an interesting situation. And I think that would also um, uh, bring in a lot of other elements like uh, more of the mysticism of the different realms. So Doctor Strange and Wong could be involved because a lot of that, um, the elemental energy um, I think was kind of introduced in Doctor Strange. Um, I don't think Katie is going to be um, a quote-unquote archer going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if she becomes a sorceress. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, I think you can do a lot with that character in terms of giving her powers or abilities. Like, you know, whatever. I, she's not based on any character from a comic book, right? Like, she's just to my knowledge, no created for this so um you can yeah like so my my theory is not necessarily based in in terms of like oh um eight man's gonna show up with shang chi and everything i'm just thinking about the sequel to shang chi that i want and that is a tournament right we got introduced to uh, to <laughs> to this world and i want to see a little bit more of this world um also, I want to we the thing that this this show this movie also did not really show us, and I'm glad they didn't because it should be kept to the sequel. Is um, supposedly he killed this dude. What was the whole scenario around that? And because I it doesn't give me the impression that he just killed him and then just walked away. Something must have happened that changed his outlook because I I I think he meant it when he said he was going to be back in three days, but something happened. And right. we we need to see what that. Well, maybe he maybe he orphaned another child when he killed that guy or something like that. Sure. Or so, you know, there's um, because the fact that he yeah he does have like this he is a killer right now he can't take that back that's part of who his character is right and we saw he was willing to kill Death Dealer, you know until he was stopped. Um, so he has that darkness in him as well. Uh, they they talk about that in the movie like you know you have to accept both parts of you. You're, you're it's kind of like his father and his mother the the yin and the yang. That was definitely like uh, the struggle he was trying, but he he definitely seems certainly mostly good, you know, yeah. like by all accounts. Yes, and hopefully one day down the line he trains um Spider Man in Spider Fu. Um, so that'd be fun. <laughs> in the comic books, um, Peter Parker loses his uh, Spider Sense, and uh, 
he needs Shang-Chi to help him defend himself. Uh, so he actually learns martial arts. Finally, Spider-Man learn, learns how to fight. So Yeah. Do you think yeah. Spider-Man will be going to sing karaoke with them uh, at the bar? Don't you think Peter would do it? Yeah, he'd do it. Yeah, he'd be like, I heard this really old song from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I just wanted to get that theory out there on the record. I'm, I'm done. You can well, no, it's all, yeah, because I, I, okay, like, and the, like those Netflix shows, they never really drew me in. Although I did watch Luke Cage the most, and I thought that some of the Daredevil action was really fantastic. Um, but story-wise, I thought it was a little bit, eh. and like even Defenders, which I was excited about, I kind of lost me as I was watching it. Um, cool. And so, the like, I would, I, I agree with you that I would like to see more information around, like, how is Talo different from what's the place that um. Tunlo. Kung Lao and yeah. and what and, and sort of like how do you build that out? But I'm still trying to just get my head around what I watched last night again. <laughs> well, and, uh, with the multi the um, the uh, multiverse kind of being in effect, like all those things technically can be quote unquote canon, but mm -hmm. we can just see variations of it that fit into the MCU. Right, so we could get a new Iron Fist. Yeah, you know, we could get we a new say, Iron well, that Fist. was like that was just a, a different dimension or yeah. whatever. We can get the same actor for Luke Cage and the same actor for jessica jones um same actor for punisher and daredevil um but iron fist could be different or a different version and they can sure. tweak it however they want to where everything that happens still existed but um in this world this is who this is the path that they decide to do and i think we are going to get daredevil in no way home i think we are going to get jessica jones in um the captain marvel and the marvels um so uh, and you know, the Punisher, I believe, is eventually going to be coming. He's going to be part of the street-level individual. So I, I think we're going to see the legacy. Sorry. And also, we're going to see members of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going to be in Secret Invasion and other things. So I think the Netflix um, history is still going to be in play, but it's going to be MCU's... What they can pick and choose what they want to take from it. Yeah, too. they have that luxury too now. Which is especially fun. with all this. Yeah, okay, good for them. They they figured they cracked the code because they're like, you know, we have so many universes, and, and instead of trying to like hide away from that, they're like, we're just gonna have things cross over, which is the way to do it. Which is what they always did in the comic books when they had all these continuities and different things. Like you can do whatever you want. You don't have you don't have to be worried about canon. You just have to create like an explanation for the audience that they'll accept. You know, or at least some will accept. Like just like they did with Star Trek when they created the um, the the Kelvin timeline, like just explain like okay, well this is an offshoot and you know so it's different and we can so therefore we're allowed to we can have a new look to things or we can have whatever creatives want that they feel like hindered by by what's come before that you, you can explain it away, you know you just don't it, it just I think it annoys certain types of fans when you just like bulldoze over that and just reboot hard do a hard reboot sometimes my opinion anyway um i think that's it two hours i'm getting hungry let's get some lunch uh thank you for joining us for this podcast everyone and, and commenting out there uh let us know what else you might want us to cover and discuss um what else am i forgetting the 10 rings ah. no i have big eyes now see i'm awake you, big you... eyes jamil <laughs> has woken up uh wide-eyed and bushy-tailed for sure now and uh we'll be back i guess to talk about 
what if next uh maybe a, a couple series of podcasts to cover those different episodes we'll be figuring that out also check out our other podcast three times a week we're talking about uh big brother 23 usa uh we're now going into week nine of that show that's only got a couple weeks left if you've been watching any of that check it out we're jameel jeff and i talking on uh, Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, always at 9.30 Eastern about that show. Uh, we'll be into doing Survivor probably very soon, too, uh, when that show comes back. And, of course, the Marvel uh, podcasts and different one-offs. Uh, we even talked about even throwing like that Dear Evan Hansen podcast maybe into the mix somewhere <laughs> along the line. So uh, so check out all that stuff. Also check out our Star Trek theme channel that I mentioned earlier, Live Long in Podcast, where we talk about Star Trek multi-times a week, new and old. Monday nights, Star Trek The Original Series. Tuesday nights, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Thursdays, we're talking about new episodes of uh, Star Trek Lower Decks right now as they're going continuing their second season. We're going to be doing uh, Star Trek Picard um, eventually, too, uh, and all the new properties that come out. Star Trek Days next week. Um, and so will we anything Star Trek, check out our Live Long and Podcast. And then Trivial Debates is our monthly channel or uh, our other channel with our monthly game show. Where we argue about movies, TV, sports, and more. Uh, Jamil just hosted that last episode. You can check that out. Everyone gets points for different arguments. Um, and we'll be doing one for the end. And there goes Jeff. Okay. So Morris called for him. Morris was calling. All right. Well, that's, uh, I think that's, uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, we will be signing off and, uh, Oh, here, here comes Jeff. You're back. Yeah. Sorry. I hit back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, Jeff, you want to, uh, you want to give us some, some wisdom to close out the show? Don't let grief overtake your life. I think that was the moral of this movie. And, I think that's what we should go out with. Yes. I think that's a good that's a good one. And yes, Jamil, I am wearing red in honor of this movie. Yes. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Oh, thank you.